One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. My guest today is the host of Wednesday Morning's The Groovy Music Show, Nigel Moore. And we'll hear from him after his first choice, which is from the Dave Clark Five. Nigel, how are you? Very well, thank you. You're very welcome to this edition of Music Was My First Love. Tell us about your first choice, Glad All Over. I had a lot of uh, difficulty actually picking the songs. I mean, uh, I, I, I knew... I knew some of the artists that I wanted, and some of the songs were a bit harder, but this one, this one was pretty easy for me because uh, this is the first record I bought with my own money. And uh, I remember seeing on the television, uh, there was a news report and Dave Clark was being interviewed. He was being interviewed because he'd knocked I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles off the top spot. This must have been in January 1964. And the interviewer was saying, well, uh, you know, this is, uh, is this the start of something big, Mr. Clark? You know, the Tottenham sound, is it going to replace the Mersey sound? <laughs> like, of course he said, yeah, I think so. Um, uh. Well, I don't know what happened to the Tottenham sound, but I mean, they were pretty big in the 60s for a while. And uh, I love this record. Uh, it's just so full of energy. In fact, I liked it so much when it came out, I bought the follow-up bits and pieces as well. And well, that was two the, great classics. That was the second record I bought with my own money. So I had a record player bought for me by my parents in about 1962, and it was an old Dan set. And it ran on batteries. Had these great big chunky PP9s, they were called, square things that fitted into the back of the uh, of the record player. And for about a month, everything would be great. But after a little while, because it didn't run on mains at all, it would start to run down a bit, you mm. know. So you'd have to get a new set of batteries, and they weren't cheap. You know, in 1964, they weren't cheap. But uh, I, yeah, that must be that record. I probably played that more than any other record that I've ever owned because I mean at the time I just owned the one record yeah. and I played that and the B-side consistently until the follow-up came out what was the B-side can you remember uh, I Know You it was called right. pretty good but uh, that one's not available on any greatest hits but Glad All Over certainly is and I just loved it and um, uh, I just loved the sax sound and the vocal Mike Smith the vocalist great rock and roll vocalist really and uh, I just everything about the song had so much energy you know and I uh, I just loved it, and uh, it was schoolwork was downhill from then on. Really, <laughs> you're not the first person on this series that said that. Yeah. You've uh, you've been a volunteer with Radio Glamorgan since 2015. How did you first get involved? Well, I I'd retired. I think my wife didn't want me knocking around the house too much, and she suggested it. So she said, "You love music and everything, and you're always in the other room playing your records. Why don't you go and do that?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah, maybe." Maybe I will, but it obviously took me too long to decide because she got the forms and filled them out and sent them in. And the next thing I knew, I'd, uh, I was invited along. So uh, I thought, oh, great, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. And just to, just to come in here and have all this great equipment mm. and be like a proper DJ uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just play, effectively play the records you like, you know. So, and I started the Groovy Music Show back then and, uh, on a Wednesday and uh, haven't looked back, really. Your next choice is a Beatles classic. Oh, um, yeah. There are many you could have chosen. In oh. fact, you've chosen two in your list. Yeah. So tell us about Penny Lane. Famously, this was denied number one by Engelbert Humperdinck. Release Me it was at number one, and the Beatles stalled at number two. Still unbelievable. And, you know, thank you, great British record buying public, for that one. Um, to my mind, it's, it's the real contender for, for the, the greatest single ever. I mean, it's Penny Lane on one side, Strawberry Fields for Forever on, wow, on the great, other side, yeah. you know. Was it Double A side? Double A side, yeah. And uh, 1967, February, I think it was released. Uh, and um, just it's, it's, it's such a sunny song, you know. And I, 
I, I consider it, as I say, possibly, potentially one of the greatest singles ever. There's another one coming up in a minute. No, one I'm of the greatest Beatles singles ever, one of the greatest singles, full stop. One of the greatest singles, full stop, I would say. And the interesting thing about this is um, George Martin and the Beatles had, were starting work on Sgt Pepper and they had three songs in the can. Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, and When I'm 64. The American record label, and I think the British one as well, were pushing for a new Beatles single, because there hadn't been one for a while. It was a bit unusual, because the Beatles normally release singles about every three months. It was like a conveyor belt in those yeah, days, Yeah, it was, it? yeah. But they hadn't done anything since Yellow Submarine back in August, so they were pushing and pushing for a, uh, a single, and George Martin was a bit reluctant. But in the end, he decided that uh, he'd go for the two best tracks that he had in the can already, which were Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever. And later he described that as the worst decision he ever made. Because if he hadn't made that decision, those two tracks would have been on Sgt Pepper. And how great that album would have been if mm. those two had been on it as well. I mean, it, it's a wonderful album anyway. But I mean, if it had Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields on it, it's just out of sight. And, and Strawberry Fields in particular would have fitted perfectly on that album. It, yes, it would have done. It would have done, yeah. Penny Lane, there is a fireman on an I remember when I was very young hearing Elvis on the, on the radio and things like that. And a lot of people say, I heard Elvis, heard Heartbreak Hotel, and it really got me. I heard Wooden Heart, which wasn't really <laughs> difficult. But I, it was a lot of pop music on. We had a radio in the house, a lot of pop music on things like Return to Sender yeah. and Good Luck Charm and things like that. So this would have been about 62, 63, and it was just growing on me and growing. I remember seeing the Beatles on uh, the Royal Command performance, as they used to call it in those days, Royal Variety performance, uh, in 1963, the old John Lennon thing, you know, if you're in the rich seats, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. all that. Really, it's never gone away. I mean, I just, uh, as I said earlier, my school days, I was just, I had a transistor radio pinned to my ear all through the 60s and a lot of the 70s, and uh, I, just, I just love it. I, and you never, you never tire of some of these songs. I no. don't think. I used to wonder when I was about fifteen. Wonder what I'll be listening to in fifty years' time. The answer is the same stuff. Yeah, and I think uh, you've come. <laughs> the, the bigger your record collection, you come back to stuff. You, you do, might listen yeah. to something you haven't listened to for five, six yeah, years. That's right. Yeah, you do. Your third choice is the Beach Boys. I, well, as I was saying with Penny Lane, a, a contender for the greatest single of all time with Strawberry Fields on the back. Well, God only knows, wouldn't it be nice on the back? Two fabulous records, absolutely, from uh, Pet Sounds. Apparently in, in America, wouldn't it be nice as the B? It was the A-side, because the Americans, uh, the record company, are a bit nervous about putting a, a single out with uh, with the word God in, in the title right. in those days. Okay. They didn't want to do it. It didn't happen over here, so God Only Knows went out as the A-side, and Brian Wilson's described it as, as his pocket symphony to God. You know, and it's it's such a beautiful song. And it was recorded largely when the band, Brian Wilson was at home. He wasn't touring with them anymore. They were in Tokyo or Japan touring. And he'd done all the orchestration. This is the thing that people forget about the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson in particular. The Beatles had George Martin. Brian Wilson did everything for the Beach Boys. Mm. He did all the production, all the writing. He was assisted by what's been come to be known, the Wrecking Crew, which is... um. LA-based session band that worked out of uh, the Capitol Studios in uh, in LA, and uh, anyway, they put they put together this wonderful music, which Brian I think mainly described to them rather than annotated it or anything. And he came up with this fabulous song. With uh, the lyrics are actually by a guy called Tony Asher. Uh, he was working 
with the Beach Boys, but uh, Michael Love was away, who was his usual collaborator, uh, and um, uh, Tony Asher did uh, pretty much all of the uh, all, the, all the lyrical work on um, on Pet Sounds, and Pet Sounds is a wonderful album. Uh, it's kind of under well, a lot of people regard it now as one of the greatest albums of all time, but very underrated in, uh, in in 1966 when it came out, perhaps over uh, overshadowed by things like Revolver mm. and Blonde on Blonde, which all came out about the same time. I just love this. I only got to number two once again in this country, but uh, ah, fabulous record. God only knows. God only knows what I'd be without you. Nigel, tell me about the Groovy Music Show. Well, the Groovy Music Show has been going since uh, about 2015 and uh, goes out every Wednesday between 10 o'clock in the morning and midday. Two hours, chock full of groovy music. Now, you might say, what qualifies it as groovy music? Well, basically, I have to like it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, if I like it, it's in. If I, like, if I don't like it, it's, it's not in. I mean, you won't hear a lot of Madonna and maybe not Kylie and stuff like that and you won't get a lot of rap music on it, but you will get stuff like uh, like the Beach Boys and the Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel and Dylan and, and people like that. Uh, but it's not exclusively 60s, it's 60s, 70s, 80s music. And um, I'm also, you know, still interested in a lot of people who, uh, who are around in the 60s and 70s and still making music. So you might get a new release from Randy Newman or mm-hmm. Van Morrison or anything like that. If they're around in the 60s and they're making music now and they're not dead, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be playing them. Well, the way Van Morrison has been prolific over the last couple of years I think every other week you'll be playing something new well I am yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's trouble keeping up with him to be honest uh, do you put a lot of planning in oh yeah yeah I tend to work about three weeks in advance and I spend an evening just going through the songs I'd I, I want to include uh, and then um, I spend about another evening typing it all up because I type a script yeah. and, and, and some facts about each song. Yeah, me I, too. Although I know a lot of stuff, I can't remember it all. Yeah. Then I, I, I spend about another hour or so just pulling all the things out, all the CDs, and also uh, I, I transfer a lot onto memory sticks and things like that. So, so half the show tends to be done on CD, half on memory stick mm. and half, that's three halves, uh, on, our, on mm. our system in, in the studio, Myriad, you know, so uh, about thirds. Your fourth choice is a Bob Dylan classic with a very, very famous video, Subterranean Homesick Blues. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying earlier, the artists for my my choices kind of picked themselves, and I had to have a Dylan song. Absolutely had to. So it was a question of which one. I mean, ask me next week, and it might be a different one, I don't know, but I mean... uh, and again, he's still doing stuff now. Mm, you know, he yeah. was in Hyde Park a few weeks ago with Neil Young, and uh, you know, he's, he's incredible. I kind of love this one. It's um, when I heard it, I actually, I bought Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits back in '67 when it came out, primarily for like a Rolling Stone, and then I heard this one. I thought, wow, this is incredible. And as you said, there's a, there's a video. It's I think it's part of D.A. Pennebaker's Don't Look Back. Uh, and it was filmed behind the Savoy Hotel in London with Dylan holding what looked like cue cards with lyrics on them and as, as he's singing them, just tossing them aside. And Alan Ginsberg is in the background reading a book or something. It's all kind of weird. But Subterranean Homesick Blues, based on Chuck Berry's Too Much Monkey Business, apparently. No, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, almost like the first rap record. Uh, from bringing it all back home, Dylan's first electric album. Oh, get sick, get well, hang 
Now, for me, before that song, songs were kind of about I love you, you love her, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about boy-girl stuff. And then Dylan comes along singing The Pump Don't Work because the vandals <laughs> took all the handles. I mean, <laughs> just it just blew my mind. And it's still blown today, frankly, from that song. I just love it. Just love it. Your next choice is a very famous song with plenty of covers, Reason to Believe, but this is the original? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, Tim Hardin. Now, a great, a great songwriter, I think. Uh, arguably... Possibly about 1966, the greatest songwriter. I mean, he wrote If I Were a Carpenter for uh, Bobby Darren, and he's written some lovely stuff. He didn't have a long career. He started out around uh, Greenwich Village folk clubs with people like Dylan, John Sebastian, Richie Havens, that, people like that. But this song uh, is an absolute favourite. It's been covered by Glenn Campbell, Rod Stewart. Scott McKenzie put it on the back of San Francisco, Be Sure to Wear Some Flowers in the Air. Yeah. So I imagine he got some royalties for that. And as I say, Bobby Darren recorded If I Were a Carpenter, and um, so did The Four Tops. But I like this one. The, the tragedy of Tim Hardin was uh, he um, he died young. He died in December 1980, which was the same time as John Lennon. Yeah. And because of that, wasn't really covered very no. much at all. Um, uh, but um, a great songwriter and a fabulous song, Reason to Believe. Someone like you makes it easy to give. Never think of myself. If I gave you time to change my mind. I'd find a way to leave the past behind. You're listening to another edition of Radio Gamorgan's Music Was My First Love with my fellow volunteer from Wednesday mornings at 10am, Nigel Moore, choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. Took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw. America by Simon and Garfunkel, of course. Now, that originally came out in 1968 from the album Bookends. I remember hearing it round a friend's house. who He had the album, and basically two or three of us uh, would go around his house and basically babysit the album uh, just to hear it. And uh, it's a concept... Well, Side One is a concept album, a concept collection of tracks on life. It starts off with a song about a child, then... That one, America, um, about sort of young love, people going off to start their life together. And then there's one about a marriage going a bit stale. And finally, there's one about old friends, elderly people. And the other side's pretty good as well, because you've got Mrs. Robinson on it. <laughs> and, uh, and Hazy Shade of Winter, which the Bangles did some years later. But uh, I just love America. The track is just wonderful. It was actually released as a single sometime after, in 1972. Got to number 25 in the charts over here. I could have chosen again many great Simon and Garfunkel songs. I mean, there's any number of things on uh, on Bridge Over Troubled Water and The Sound of Silence, of course. And also Paul Simon uh, has some great songs in his solo career. I rather think he's underrated as a songwriter. Yeah, we were saying that off mic, yeah. Yeah, he should really be spoken about in the same sort of breath as, as, as Dylan, Leonard Cohen, people like that. He's a mm. little, little bit underrated, but um, I was lucky enough to see him when he came to Cardiff a few years ago and uh, he still had it then. And it's just, just great, I think. Mean. You like a bit of country. Yeah, yeah. And um, the next track is a great song, The Wait. Yeah, it's kind of alternative Americana. It's music from Big Pink, which is the album this song comes from by the band. Cited as the sort of first uh, Americana record. I'm quite sure what that means, but I mean, it was only 68 and Flower Power was dying out, Psychedelia was dying out, and the band wanted to, to do something a bit rootsy. They were shut away in this house in um, West Saugerties in uh, New York State, 
with Bob Dylan because they, they had toured with Dylan in 1966. They'd come over here at Royal Albert Hall when Dylan went electric and got booed and all this sort of <laughs> thing. So, I've, I've heard the clips. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they'd, they'd worked the road with him. But anyway, they, they, they worked on this album, Music from Big Pink, Big Pink being the name of the house. When this track came out, unbelievable. It was, it was not really like anything that was currently being played at that particular time. And I remember I used to buy... Uh, disc and music echo and record mirror and the record mirror would uh, uh, print the chart that was coming out that week alan freeman would play it on pick of the pops way back then and i'd i just bought a reel to reel record player so i was there with me to tape it you know and it got into the charts got in at number 21 and i was all set to play it and my father turned the electricity off because he was doing something with the cooker so I complained, but it was no good because the record had been gone. And after that, the song went down the charts, so they never played it again. No, so <laughs> that was that really for me and, and, and the wait for quite some time. Although it was, it was featured in the album Easy Rider in yeah. 1969, it's in there. Not on the original soundtrack for some strange reason. There was a contractual thing, I think, and uh, a, a different group actually performs it on the, on the soundtrack of Easy Rider. So if you want it, you've got to buy music from Big Pink or a band collection, but it's just fabulous. Take a load off, What was your background, Nigel? Was when you were growing up, apart from your dad turning the electrics off, yeah. uh, was there music <laughs> uh, in the family? Well, no, not really. No, it was all down to me. Um, no, my parents weren't musical at all. Uh, it was just me listening to the radio, catching Ready Steady Go on the TV, Top of the Pops. It was a good time to be young, you know. I mean, uh, 1964, 63, 64, I was 10, you know. The Beatles were just starting out and, you know, it's like... People can't quite get, I suppose, what it was like to hear a new Beatles song for the first time. I still remember hearing All You Need Is Love for the first time on the Our World transmission yeah. uh, and Hey Jude for the first time and Lady Madonna for the first time. And you're just thinking, oh, this is great, you know, that's... Couldn't, you know, it's just wonderful. And I mean, some of the songs that were around then as well. Funnily enough, all of these songs that I picked here are all, but with the exception of the first one, Glad All Over, which is 64, they're all between 67 and 72. Uh, and that wasn't by design. That hmm. was just, I just chose my favourite songs and there they were. It's all when I was a teenager up to my 20s, you know. And that's when I was absolutely into it you know I like it now but i mean uh, i was really into it <laughs> i don't think you ever stopped liking music no. as you get older if you don't like the new stuff you still like you, the stuff you, you always like yeah. yeah exactly your eighth choice on this edition of music was my first love is political science from randy newman oh. now we all know randy newman but i'm not familiar with this track it's it was basically written in 1972 um on his sail away album and it was effectively richard nixon's uh, foreign policy but pretty much still relevant today. So, uh, yeah, and, and Randy Newman is, is great at getting to the point. I mean, he's been around for years. I mean, as we, we were talking earlier about um, the fact that he, he wrote Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Which Bear. I didn't know until five yeah. minutes ago. He wrote Just One Smile and Nobody Needs Your Love for Gene Pitney. Cilla Black had a hit with one of his songs in 66 called I've Been Wrong Before. He wrote You Can Leave Your Hat On, uh, which was featured in um, that film about strippers. Short people he wrote as well yeah. uh, again as a, as a, an indictment of uh, of prejudices might have gone over some people's heads but <laughs> especially short people <laughs> uh, but, but uh, he wrote it as as, as a uh, a point of saying well look it's ridiculous to to have uh, you know anything against these sort of people so why you got prejudice against other people it's, you yeah. know, uh, he's a good guy and he's, he's still he's still making some great music now but this was say from 1972 political science. 
We may not be perfect, but heaven knows we try. But all around, even our old friends put us down. Doesn't mean words, does he? <laughs> no, who says Americans can't be ironic? He doesn't mean any of it. I mean, he uh, he sings as a character all the time, apparently. Yeah. To, uh, yeah, to get his points across. But uh, yeah, he doesn't mince words. Your ninth choice is your second Beatles choice yeah. and the George Harrison composition, Here Comes the Sun. I think that Harrison is a very underrated songwriter, but I guess living in the shadow of Lennon McCartney, yeah. that's the way it was always going to be, wouldn't it? I suppose so. If you'd been in any other group, he would have been the mainstay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I had to have a George Harrison song, and I, I, for a while I was going to pick something off "All Things Must Pass," one of his solo tracks. But uh, I, I keep coming back to this one. It's a uh, uh, Abbey Road, of course. It's on Abbey Road. Of course, I had to compete with something as well, which is regarded yeah. as his greatest song. But I, I like this one. Um, apparently, it was written in Eric Clapton's back garden when George dodged a meeting at Apple, full of solicitors and accountants and things, and he wasn't keen. So he, uh, he thought he'd pop over to Eric Clapton's, and uh, it was a nice sunny day he came up with this song and I've always loved this song ever since I heard it back in 1969 more recently I was at a funeral and it was played there and it kind of took on another meaning altogether yeah. and it was it was quite moving and I just love this song got a little bit of time and we're going to pick another tuned uh, which isn't on your list so to me this is the perfect pop song it's as simple as that really it's a great song written in 69 by um, a very talented guy called jimmy webb now he was pretty young then he wrote this song and he took it to glenn campbell he said look i haven't finished this song but do a demo of it come back to me see, see what you think of it and come back to me Glenn Campbell took it to his producer, Al DeLore, and they went round to uh, RCA Studios, that we were talking about earlier, um, with the Wrecking Crew, uh, the guys that did the Beach Boy song. And because they're wonderful um, uh, musicians there, Leon Russell was there. Glenn Campbell was in the Wrecking Crew himself because he's a wonderful guitarist and he was a stand-in Beach Boy for a time anyway. And uh, they had a great um, uh, bass player there, Carol Kay. She, uh, she does this wonderful guitar piece right at the start of the song. Uh, which which uh, introduces it. The song itself, I mean, it's a bit of a mystery because, as Jimmy Webb said, it's not really finished. It's it's two verses and a chorus. You don't really know what the guy is thinking about in the song and, and there's no conclusion as such. But in a way, that's what makes it great. And, um, well, anyway, it's, it's Glenn Campbell and it's Jimmy Webb's Wichita Lineman. I am a lineman for the county and I drive the main road. For your uh, final choice, I'm a, a massive, massive, uh, dedicated Van Morrison fan. And the man has such a large back catalogue that I think if you put ten fans in a room and asked them to write down their favourite Morrison track, you'd have ten different answers. So, for you, why Into the Mystic? Well, I just love it. I mean, um, I... I wasn't really aware of Van Morrison until Moondance, the album. I heard it on the radio in 1970. And um, I heard a track called Come Running to Me, actually, which is on there, which is a great song. But it, it led me to get the album. And then I uh, heard this track, and it's uh, it, it, just wonderful. I hadn't realised at the time Van was the lead singer of them and had hits in 65 with Here Comes a Night and Gloria and things like that. Um, but um, I just love this. and. Uh, Van, you know, the, the Belfast Cowboy, as they call him. <laughs> um, he's consistently been making great records, you say, since his time with them. And um, 
You're quite right. I could have chosen any number of Anne records. It was Neely Wonderful Remark, uh, which is a, a great song from yeah. uh, Scorsese's King of Comedy, or several others, Bright Side of the Road, Real, Real Gone. You could, you could go on and on, but I chose Into the Mystic simply because I just love it. You're obviously still enjoying Radio Glamorgan, and in particular oh, yeah. the Groovy Music Show. Yeah, yeah. well, in particular that, because I'm doing it. But I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I drop in and listen to others now and again. You know, it's uh, it's a great thing. You know, it's uh, I don't understand why there aren't people queuing up to volunteer. Frankly, great to spend the last hour with you. Thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for thanks for inviting me. I mean, if you ask me next week, it'll be another ten. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks very much. I don't have to fear that I wanna rock your gypsy soul, just like way back in the days of old. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when another Radio Glamorgan volunteer chooses their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love.